0: The Invincible Teams podcast is powered by Evergreen. Evergreen provides teamwork, training, and consulting to help your team thrive in every season. If you want to have a team that makes other leaders jealous, get started by going to their website in the show notes and scheduling your free consultation today. Welcome to Invincible Teams, a podcast for team leaders and business owners who are tired of dealing with drama and politics, high turnover, and teams not meeting their potential. We know that team leaders and business owners like you are pretty much always under pressure to get the most out of your teams, and we believe that every team should reach their potential and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. Welcome back to the Invincible Teams Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Mayfield. Today, I'm talking with Kevin DeShazo. Kevin works with an organization called Culture Wins, helping to holistically develop athletes and athletic staff. We talk about teamwork in the context of sports and how that translates into the business world as well. There were so many great insights in this conversation, and I know that if you are a business owner or team leader, you're going to want to take notes. So grab a pen and some paper. Here's my conversation with Kevin DeShazo. Kevin DeShazo, welcome to Invincible Teams Podcast. How are you? Good, man. Thrilled to be with you. Excited to have you here. Um, uh, why don't you tell us uh, and the listening audience here, who are you and and what do you do? Yeah. So the, the
1: short version is I just help people get better um, is, is what, I, what I try to do each day is to help help people, help leaders get better, help teams get better. Um the, the longer version is over the last 10, 11 years, uh I've run a company called Fieldhouse Media, where I've helped college athletes um, better understand how to use social media, um, helped college coaches, college administrators understand, not just coming in saying, hey, don't be an idiot, don't screw up, don't post this, but hey, you're gonna spend hours a day on this. Let's make that useful for today and mm-hmm. for tomorrow. Um but then over the last five or six years, have as a result of that, have transitioned um, into doing a lot of leader development, team building, culture building, um, mostly in, in the college athletic space or in the overall athletic space, working with some businesses and organizations, but, but mostly in the sports space.
0: Yeah. Well, I can already tell, I'm going to request a second podcast with you to talk about social media and and all that, (laughs) but tell us a little bit more about working with teams, uh, like sports teams, but also you mentioned some business stuff as well. What's that look like?
1: Yeah. So about five, six years ago, um, You know, Jeremy Kubitschek, who's co-founder of Giant, um, he was a a mentor of mine for the last 10, 15 years. My wife was employee number three for Giant. Um, It was Giant Partners way back in the day. So this was Mm -hmm. 2005. Um, So Jeremy was moving back uh, to Oklahoma from London, where he had just kind of rebranded, rebuilt Giant as Giant Worldwide, as kind of Giant uh, leading into what what Giant is today. And uh, he sent me an email and said, hey, I'm coming back. Um, I want to show you what we've been working on. And I said, great. And at the time, I had just started a daily email for leaders in college sports, uh, just to kind of serve them, inspire them, challenge them. No real content because I didn't have real content or a system. I just saw there was a gap uh, in leader development in that space. It's, it's not unique there. It's just, you know, where I spend time. And so I, I was just starting a daily email and he comes in and shows me some of the kind of the, the core giant tools. And I said, whatever that was, like, I need it. As as a man, dad, husband, but that's the missing piece in college sports. Mm. So I've I've got this little email thing, and I'm starting to get athletic directors saying, "Hey, will you come?" I'm loving these emails. Will you come do a staff retreat? I'm like, ethically, no, because uh, I didn't have any content. You're know, Like I could have could have figured it out. Um, oh yeah, I'll do it, and just talked about whatever, but. Um, I didn't have a real system. So ethically, I didn't feel okay saying yes to those things. Uh, but then when Jeremy kind of showed me some of the tools, I was like, "That that's it. Let's let's figure out how to partner these two things together. Uh, so over the past four or five years, uh, he and I have been kind of trying to figure out what it looks like. I think we're finally getting some clarity on it, but um, on what we call culture wins, which is kind of the sports brand of giant so taking the giant tools the giant framework five voices and five gears and support challenge and know yourself the leaders all these things taking them into the sports world both from an administration level so athletic directors um you know people over marketing people over compliance but also student athletes and coaches um so trying to get um r- really the big big goal is to try to transform the the uh culture of American sports
0: hmm. wow
1: which is not going to happen in our lifetime, but it be fun to try.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I can see, you know, there's obviously a lot of teams, a lot of sports, a lot of different, I mean, even levels, you talk about professional right. college and even, you know, before college stuff, I'm sure that you're uh, probably looking into all those and, and can find a lot of application in those for those teams. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, so, you know, this is invincible teams podcast, right? We're talking about teamwork and helping people lead teams. Well, um sports is kind of one of the most obvious places to talk about teams i was even in a meeting right before you and i jumped on here with a group of people and i was talking about failure and how even sports teams you know it's so important to rewatch game footage and to study what went wrong and and so yeah sports is just such an obvious place to talk about teams and teamwork what do you think are some of the main kind of lessons that you can gather from a sports team that translate into that business world?
1: That's a great question. I think the one that stands out to me the most is just selflessness. I mean, you, you know, a sports team, we've seen it time and time again, the team with the biggest star is not the team that wins. Yeah. It's like you, you, you get a team of people who are committed to, to running the same direction. And someone who may be the best player, you know, I'm, I, I challenge athletes all the time. Like, hey, you you may be a great player, you might be the, the best player on the team, but do you want to be a great player or do you want to be a winner? Because mm-hmm. those two don't always go hand in hand, right? It's like yeah. you can be a great player and lose. You can average. Let's use basketball. It's March Madness. You can average thirty points a game and lose. You're a loser, mm-hmm. not not as a human, right? Not as a person, <laughs> but it's sure. like this thing that you're putting so much time and effort into, you're actually losing at. You shouldn't want that are you willing to say, you know what? I can score 30 a game and we can lose, or I can score 15 and we're champions. Right. So like, and you may not get as much glory, but you're, but you're a champion. And that's the thing. It's, it's the selflessness. Like it's, it it takes an entire unit. And if you're a basketball team, it's not just starting five. It's not just the starting five plus the sixth man. Like it's the entire bench. Everyone has a role to play. So the same thing in any organization, right? if, If it's, you know, we always look at sales, Like, right? Oh, they're the stars. They keep, maybe, but you can have a great sales team. But if the rest of your organization is terrible, it doesn't matter how good your salespeople are. Right. And it doesn't matter how good they are. If they're not willing to, to collaborate and work with the other divisions and say, Hey, we know what works for us, but we want to make sure, you know, legal is doing well and HR is doing well and marketing is doing well. It's like, we all have to be working together. Um, and for me, that's, that's where sports, especially team sports, like it's such a valuable lesson to realize, like, it's not about me. It's, it's, can I, can I lose some of the credit? Can I lose some of the glory so that we can win? Because ultimately we all want to be a part of a winning team, a part of a winning organization that feels a whole lot better than just being really good at your job surrounded by people who are miserable.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that if anybody is a sports fan, it probably doesn't even matter what sport we can think through uh, examples of that, right? Like where you had some of the greatest players, greatest athletes in the world, who really had trouble winning. And, you know, yeah. if you got a one-on-one tournament going on, they would dominate oh, the it That's right.
1: No uh, question. But
0: but in a team sport, you, you can look, there's tons of examples of teams with less great players that will win against teams with superstars because the superstar can't do it on their own,
1: right? That's right. And it goes to, even to the, to the giant mindset of like thinking like a Sherpa. It's like, because the best athletes make those around them better Hmm. so that the team can achieve their goals. Well, the same thing in business. Again, if you're in sales, if you're in whatever it is, if maybe you're the best in in your organization, awesome. Is anybody else getting better because of you? If not, Hmm. then you're not doing your job. It's like, you're, Hmm. you're a performer. You're not a leader. Like you're good at a task. That doesn't, that doesn't mean a whole lot because we can train a lot of people to be good at those tasks. Like not to disrespect people who are good, who are really good at sales or whatever. Awesome. There are a lot of really good salespeople. But if you're not making other people better, you're not, you are, you're limiting your value to the organization and you're limiting your legacy.
0: Yeah. That, that right there. I mean, if we stopped the podcast right now, (laughs) just that thought of, are the people around you getting better is such a transformative thought, whether you're playing soccer or in a fortune 500 company, right. Mm -hmm. Is, is, are the people around you getting better? And what kind of an impact would that make if people shifted that mindset from how many goals do I score to, you know, how can I get other people to score more goals or how many sales do I make versus how can I help the team make more sales? You know, every person on it, you're not talking about a little thing. You're talking about massively transforming a company and growing a company. And I mean, profits and everything else. Right? Oh,
1: it, and that's the thing people don't get, right? Cause it, it, it's counterintuitive. It's like no, no, no. because we we live in a you go get your own, you take care of you, you take care of number one world. Like that's that's American culture, and so I get it. So we're having to fight against that every day. But it's like if you can really, if you can, you know, I don't I don't even want to say most people are committed to their craft because honestly, most people aren't. Most people are just hmm. going through the motions of life, right? Like they're just showing up to get, get the paycheck. And I'm not trying to be negative, people. Like that's why it's kind of we have jobs because <laughs> most yeah. people are just asleep, right? They're just going through the motions, but yeah the people who think they're making a difference are the, are the ones who are who are committed to their craft mm-hmm. like whether it's teaching whether it's engineering whether it's sales whether it's healthcare like i'm going to be really good at my craft and and you that's that should be the bare minimum right like, commit to being as good as you possibly can be at your craft but be just as committed to being a great teammate mm-hmm. because if you're saying like man i want to be the best i, I want to maximize my potential in this field but i also want to maximize my potential and, and multiplying that to people around me so that they can maximize their potential. Like that's a place people want to show up to work at. Yeah. And, and, and again, that's how you get, if everyone is running with that mindset of I'm going to be great and I'm going to help them be great. Yeah. You get more profits, you get more, every, everything gets, but you get less turnover, less drama. It's like all right. these things that we talk about with culture, like they're not just, um, you know, they're real, Like they can actually exist if, if we actually pursue them.
0: Yeah. So this brings me a thought, I'm going to come back to culture, but I'm going to take a quick detour and who knows if I'll even leave this in the podcast, (laughs) but um, I promise there's a point to this. Have you seen, have you ever watched the show Ted Lasso? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, okay. If you're listening right now, if you're going to watch one show watch ted lasso it's, it's the greatest Please. thing on television and in fact in stop listening
1: to this and just go start watching it it's hey fun.
0: careful now <laughs> this is not your
1: podcast <laughs> that's right that's right i that should be the one saying
0: that. uh After no this, yes can go yeah. watch the show <laughs> but it's i mean it's an incredible show and so what it made me think of you know um i won't spoil anything but there's one point where ted the coach for the the team he pulls the quote-unquote best player Off the field, right in the middle of a match, and people freak out because he's pulling his best player. And how could he do that? Um, And it translates into a lot of success for the team. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that has any uh, relevance, kind of in the business world? If you're talking to a team leader who's got a star performer, should they consider pulling them if they think they're hurting the rest of the team? Oh, absolutely.
1: Because it's we talk a lot about um, living the standard, and too many organizations. There's two different standards, which means there is no standard. There's the standard mm. we talk about for the team or the organization and then the standard that we allow the quote unquote, best player to live. Mm. And they don't have to abide by the same standard as everyone else. Like, well, that doesn't cut it because we make excuses like, yeah, but they're really talented. I don't care how talented they are. Mm. If they're toxic to the team because of their mindset, because of their behavior, because of whatever, then they're, they're a liability and it's, it's not worth it. No amount of production will ever be worth allowing a toxic employee to continue being toxic because what you're doing is everyone else is seeing that and saying oh that's allowable mm-hmm. now why why should i why should i commit to this standard if this guy is getting to live this way i can i can show up that i can be negative because he's getting not just not getting reprimanded for it not being disciplined mm-hmm. for it actually being rewarded for it mm-hmm. and so when you when you have and, and, it, and it happens like but if if you have the willingness to say, no, the standard is the standard. I don't care who you are. We're not going to um, promote just simply based on talent. We're not going to excuse things simply based on talent and production. Cause when you do that, people get used. Hmm. And it's like, that's, that's not a standard that anyone wants to be a part of. And so I think if you can hold and and, which by the way, those who are the best should, should, they should be the ones like holding themselves to that standard. So if you are Hmm. the best, stop acting like you deserve a better standard than somebody else. Like, no, you're just part of the team. Uh, so you don't get special treatment, you know, you don't get to be a jerk, you don't get to be late, you don't get to be all these things just because you can produce like now you still have to live the standard and set the tone for everyone else.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm going to pretend for a second that this is a live radio show. And I'm going to tell you that the phones, <laughs> the phones are ringing off the hook, Kevin, because I've got all these business owners and team leaders saying, but if I don't play my best player, they'll leave and go to a different team. How, right? how can I allow that
1: you, you, you should want to allow that? Because then there's somebody else's problem. Again, you're you may lose a the best they're, if they're not helping your team, they're not gonna help that team. And so I think, yeah, there's a couple couple of things here. One, before you cut them, have a conversation, right? Like give mm-hmm. people a chance to change. Say, hey, do you realize like what you're doing? You have a chance to really impact this team, not just with your performance, but with your attitude, with your leadership. Mm-hmm. I I we we need you to be a leader. Maybe we haven't developed you, maybe we haven't invested in you in the right way, like do you do you see this do you see how you're showing up do you see the impact that it's having is that the impact that you want to have because people aren't showing up to be bad teammates on purpose they're not showing up to be bad leaders mm-hmm. on purpose um so we have to you know believe in them believe in their potential fight for them give them a chance to to correct course and and let that play out right it's not an overnight thing um it's a, it's a process right like mm-hmm. change and and growth like it, it's a process but if they're willing to to dive into that and say hey you know what you're right Great. We can, we can work with that. So give them a chance to change. Um, if they consistently are resistant, right? If they, if they're consistently, I don't see that, or I don't want that, or I disagree. Great. Then it's, then it's time to go. Mm-hmm. And what I will guarantee you is that your organization will be, will be better for not mm-hmm. having that person in your office or on mm-hmm. zoom calls, whatever it is, every single day, you'll be better for it. People may initially freak out like, oh my gosh, they just got rid of so-and-so, but she was the best, the best at performing, not the best at making everyone else better. And again, when it comes to those skills, we can always find talented people. We can always find great great performers, but we got to have people who are equally as great for for the culture. And if you're letting a toxic person go, again, they're going to go be toxic somewhere else. Or that's the wake up call they need. Maybe they go thrive somewhere else. And you should want that. Honestly, you should be like, you know what? Great they're going to hate you at first. Like nobody ever, you know, letting someone go is the hardest thing you may ever do as, as mm-hmm. a leader, as a boss, even when the person is a jerk, when they deserve it, it's still, a, it's, it's just not fun. It's a terrible, terrible thing to do. Mm. Um, but you should want them to get better. You should want a year from now or two years from now, or five years from now, them to come back and say, man, as much as I hated you for that, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Cause that was like the kick in the butt that I needed to wake up and start being a better person. I wouldn't have done it. Had you not made that decision. So yeah. hopefully they do go somewhere else and thrive. That doesn't mean you made the wrong decision. It means you made right. the right decision.
0: Hmm. That's so good. I, uh, I can't tell you the number of business owners, team leaders who I've talked to, who struggled for, you know, for a long time, like not wanting to let this person go, but having so many like struggles with that person. And when they finally did, It was like this million pound weight lifted off their chest. And they're like, I should have done this months ago. That's right.
1: right. Because everything else automatically gets better. Yeah. It just, it gets better. And that weight, that burden, you're like, oh yeah. Why didn't, why didn't I do this a long time ago? That's what, that's what the rest of the team has been wondering. Why haven't you done it a long time ago? You know, and that's the pieces because if you don't, you're not just going to have a difficult person you're going to lose the whole team
0: yeah you're going to lose other good people right that's
1: right that's right and that's when something's wrong with your culture is when the wrong people are leaving mm. you're like wait a minute why are they leaving like they're, they're they're really critical to our team maybe they're maybe they're an above average performer but they're just a great teammate when you start losing those people to to jobs that aren't better that's a problem
0: man yeah that's so good i also love how you went into that you know, when you're talking about having that conversation with them, uh, you said, Hey, do you know, you know, how you're coming across, how this is like, I love that there's no assumption in there because I think that happens a lot. Absolutely. Hey, you're a jerk. We're done here. Right. And it's like, you can get blindsided. And I'm sure many of us have been there. I've been there where somebody said something to me and made some assumptions and I was unaware of it. And It really sucks to be blindsided. It doesn't really help anybody. So I love the uh, the uh, the non assumption there with that question. I think that's a great way to phrase that.
1: Yeah. Well, again, you know, they most people don't know they're being bad teammates, or they're aware of it, but they're just so insecure they don't know how to get out of it. They don't know how Mm. to change because they've just been showing up a certain way for so long. And so to be the person is to actually fight for them. Say, hey, man, like I care too much about you to let you keep showing up this way, and I care too much about the rest of the team. I don't even know if you know you're doing this, but I have to bring it to your attention. Cause what, what tends to happen is we talk a whole lot about people and we never talk to people. Yeah. Well, people can't correct things that they're unaware of. Yeah. And, and so instead of choosing to believe that they're doing it all on purpose to try to sabotage you and sabotage a team and like choose to believe like, man, they have no idea. And it's actually, yeah. ha- it's my job to let them know, not to attack them with it, but to hold that mirror up and say, Hey, do you realize what you're doing? And the fact that you're losing in- influence every day man, you don't want to do that. Like, I don't want that for you. I think you have so much potential here. And again, that doesn't guarantee it always goes well, but you have to give that conversation a chance to succeed and give that person a chance to actually want to own it and want to get better. Cause if you yeah. just attack them, nobody, you know, you, you, we hear the phrase or use the phrase all the time in the giant world of call people up, not out. When you mm-hmm. call them out, you're just shaming and embarrassing them. And that doesn't make anybody want to get better just makes yeah. them get worse. So you've got to, you got to give that conversation a chance to go well. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. Man, I love that. There's so much wisdom in, in all of that. That's great. Um, well, so, you know, we were talking about culture and, um, I want to know what you think with sports teams, where do you think culture really starts? Who sets the tone for culture? Is it the players? Is it a, a team captain, a coach team owner? Where does culture come from in a team like that? Yeah, I think the coach
1: because they're the one they are the voice they're the head uh and so they have to be the one communicating and shaping the vision for what that culture should be most teams take on you know the persona of of their leader and that's why culture when we talk about healthy culture it looks very different everywhere hmm. right there are a lot you can have a lot of successful teams and so even if it's talking about communication and collaboration and relationships and alignment all those things it's going to look different on every team because the leaders are different and the people are different. So it's not just this black and white um, cookie cutter culture thing, but I think it it always starts with the coach, um, but but I think it's built by everyone else, right? The coach kind of lays the framework and puts the guardrails in place, but it only happens if the players want it, if the players believe in it, because they're the ones that have to build it. Um, Mm. And, and so it's, you know, we, I, I spent some time at Liberty basketball last year and, and, everyone talks about a player-led culture, right? That the best teams have a coach communicated, but a player-led or a player-built culture. Um, in the business world, a lot of times that's, it's, you know, they would say it's communicated from the top down, built from the bottom up. So it's the same, same kind of mindset is that the people are really the owners of, of the culture. They're the ones, it's how they communicate, how they operate every day. Um, but the leaders kind of lay that, lay that framework. And so the players know, the people know where to operate in the midst of it. Well, Liberty Basketball, Um, I was on a a road trip with them. And for the first 15 minutes of practice, every practice, the seniors ran practice. Mm. They're like, coaches, you're out. Like we are going to run practice. And I was, I was saying with their coaches, I'm like, is this normal? They're like, they've been doing this like a year and a half. And I was like, okay, but what they were doing, and this is when we talk about culture multiplying, is they're showing the young guys, this is what we do here. Mm-hmm. Coach can talk about it, but it's not real unless we actually live it. And so it's, yeah. it's again, leader communicated, but, but player or employee um, lived and created.
0: Man, that's so good too. I think you're just, you're making different things fire in my head. I'm trying to not talk about every one of them, but it makes <laughs> me think of, uh, I mean, you remember the great movie, Coach Carter. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And, um, and that same kind of deal, like he can implement it, but it takes the players to actually turn it into reality. That's right. Um, I think um, so. I love that idea. It's really interesting. I've never heard anybody put it that way of the coach kind of laying the groundwork and the guardrails, but the players being the ones to bring it to life. How do you see that translating into a business arena? Yeah,
1: I think it's the same, right? I think it's, it's a leader, whether it's a CEO or if it's a division leader, right? Maybe you're a large organization. And so you're the leader over a unit. Again, could be legal, could be HR, could be marketing, could be sales. Um, it could be a principal at a school, whatever it may be. You're the one communicating, hey, this is where we're going. And this is who we want to be along the way. This is how, this is how we want to operate. Um, but you have to almost deputize everyone else to, mm. to create that. You know, if if you're if you're a leader who has managers and you're not going to utilize them, why do you have them? (laughs) Like, why why have managers if you're trying to dictate everything and be the control freak? Like, let your people create. Let them be the ones who bring that culture to life. They don't have to be your little robots. Um, Let them run. Let them build. Let them create. As long as it's within this framework of, hey, these are the general ideals that we want to operate within. Because culture again, it's going to look very different. And I, you know, I go to Nick Saban. Now, I'm in Alabama, people probably don't think of him as a, as a humble person. Um, but like, if you think Alabama is very different today than they were four years ago, eight years mm. ago, 10 years ago, well, there's a humility within that of saying, Hey, this is the standard in terms of like, these are the things that we're not, not going to negotiate. Everything else is up for grabs because mm. the ultimate goal is to get better. So great. We're not going to compromise on these things, everything else, guys, let's just create and adapt and grow and change whatever we need to change and that allows people to operate within their own strengths.
0: Well, I, I live in Arkansas, so I don't know if I'm legally allowed to say anything good about <laughs> Nick Saban, um, but, um, but I can totally see that. And, you know, I want to key in on something you just But your said, hogs you are looking good right now, by the way. Uh, yeah, big, big uh, game I, I, I shouldn't assume
1: that. Speaking of assumptions, I shouldn't assume you're an Arkansas fan. But
0: I, I cannot uh, confirm or deny uh, <laughs> that here. I, I grew up. Um, I grew up a massive Arkansas fan. Actually, there you go. Uh, well, so yeah, I want to key in on something you said though. You use the word deputize, mm-hmm. and I love that idea of a a coach or a you know CEO or whoever it is deputizing other people, you know, quote unquote, underneath them on an org chart mm-hmm. to be the the purveyors and creators of the kind of culture they want. Yeah. Um, do you have any examples of that? What does that actually tangibly look like? for somebody in business to deputize someone else yeah. to implement culture?
1: I think it's just having an intentional conversation. You know, we, we would call them culture captains and, and mm. they're people of influence. Um, again, maybe they're, maybe they're division leaders, maybe they're right below those people, but they're, they're influencers. Mm. They are people that other people listen to They're they're subculture leaders. Um, and it's saying, Hey, you know, here's the culture I'm trying to build it's not going to happen without your help. So Mm -hmm. I've got to rely on, on you and you and you, and you know, on a sports team, it could be your captains, right? However you want to phrase it, but it's a, it's a group that you say, Hey, this thing we're trying to build doesn't happen without you guys. We need everyone, but you, you guys are the key to everyone else. I I know as a leader, I know that these people are only going to buy in. If you guys buy in, it's not just on me. A lot of it rests on me, but I need your help. I need your influence. I need your wisdom. And so it's being, being able to, Um, allow them to ask you questions, to challenge you, to help you shape it so that when it's communicated to everyone else, they're already bought in, they're answering questions. It's not just you communicating to everyone else. It's, Hey, you've got a team of people who have questioned and refined and shaped this thing. And so, and and they, and they hold people accountable to it. That way, it's not always you. It's like, guys, if you see something, I'm not asking to be big brother, be a jerk. Like if people aren't living the standard, if we're falling short, you guys hope you don't, don't keep running to me. Hey, I saw, no, you go deal with it. You're, you're a culture captain, you're a leader, let's act mm. like it. But we also have to make sure we're investing in and in developing those people. Um, so they can do that well, right? It's not just say, hey, you're a culture captain, good luck, and yeah. setting them up to fail. You know, it's, it's an intentional kind of ongoing thing.
0: And that is, gosh, again, just another huge concept is, if you are in a position of leadership or authority, identifying those, as you said, culture captains or influencers, because mm-hmm you i don't think you can really do anything without those people right that's right um and so i think about i remember in college there was this group that got started up and and i was the first one involved from you know my university and then there ended up being a couple hundred students that were involved after me and somebody was like man how did you Get all these people. And I'm like, well, first of all, if you think I'm connected to all these people, you don't know (laughs) me very well at all. Uh, I don't know all these people, but I knew two people who did know all these people. Right. And so I didn't bring 200 people. I brought two people, but it was the two right people who had the influence who were those culture captains you're talking about. And I just think that anybody in business, if you're in leadership, gosh, you better know who those culture captains are because they're the ones who, who swing the tide one way or another. Right.
1: Oh. And, and if you think, you know, if you're a leader listening to this, you're like, man, this sounds like a lot of work and a lot of time. It is. It is. <laughs> but I, yeah. But I, you know, I just had a conversation with someone else. Like, and, you know, we always say we don't have time, right. As, as leaders, like, man, I don't have time for, for this and this like, well, you're going to spend that time somewhere is the, is the yeah. truth. You're either going to spend it on the front end, figuring out who these people are, how you can invest in them, how do you build, how do you communicate and build a relationship and get buy-in from them, or you're going to spend the time on the back end dealing with all the drama and gossip and frustration and disconnect and lack of productivity because you didn't do this stuff. Yeah. So you're going to spend that time somewhere. It's like Absolutely. you might as well spend it on the front end trying to get things right and saying, man, and, and a lot of it, again, just goes back to humility because there's too many leaders. And again, this is just kind of a byproduct of American culture, but what they think the movement, they think the vision, they think it's all about them. It's like, no, it's, it's a, it's about, you know, such a cheesy phrase, but it's, it's about we over me. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you need to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. If you actually care about this vision, if you actually care about this culture, if you actually care about the success, then get out of the way and allow everyone else to build it. Yeah,
0: man. I love that. Well, let me shift the conversation just a little bit here and let's talk about Team cultures that fall apart, right? Mm-hmm. You can look at plenty of sports teams that have done this, where once there was a great team, even a great dynasty, right? Mm-hmm. Who um, now doesn't exist. And so, what do you think of in terms of warning signs for teams that that are beginning to fall apart? Uh, what are the things that often get missed that should have been caught somewhere?
1: That's actually a really, really good question. Um, I think a couple of things. One is, is complacency. Uh, You just stop, you stop holding each other accountable to a certain standard. You just think, well, we know what to do. We, we, it always works out. And so you just, your, your effort just slowly starts um, to drift. Your intentionality slowly starts to drift. Uh, I think insecurity is, is always a huge thing that takes out leaders. It takes out teams. Um, But I think, I think usually teams are, are, there's a, the red flag that they're about to fall apart is that complacency, their their inability to have difficult conversations to bring mm-hmm. challenge to each other mm-hmm. um, and, and isolation. Yeah. It feels like the more, this is especially true for leaders. It feels like the more successful a leader gets typically, or for those who get, who things fall apart, it's because the more successful that they got, the more isolated they became. And then mm-hmm. that happens to the team. So there's not that presence. There's not that connection. There's not that relationship. Um, and you hear all, all the time with winning teams or winning organizations, you know, there are things that, that go on because people are, are human. So for people who, you know, we talk about healthy culture, that doesn't mean everything's perfect, right? Like there are debates, there are disagreements, there are arguments because sure. you can have a great culture today and it could be terrible tomorrow. I mean, people mm-hmm. could show up with ego and insecurity tomorrow and you you know, nine out of 10 culture goes to a four out of 10 overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, you hear this phrase often of like, Hey, don't rock the boat. Things, things are going well. Like, don't, don't rock the boat. Like we're winning. Like just leave it alone. It's like, no, when you're, when things are going well is when you do rock the boat. Yeah. Because right? if you don't, uh, those, those cracks become massive fractures,
0: right? Yeah. I think Toys R Us, Blockbuster and Kodak all thought that things were going really, really well. That's at right. Point, right. That's right.
1: <laughs> and it's, and, and, and my guess, you know, and I've not read books on those companies, but my guess is if you look into them, there were people who were like, Hey, i I see some things that may not be, I don't know, we're, we're going okay right now. We're going okay. I know we're going okay. I'm not saying things are wrong. I'm just saying I can see a year from now or whatever. And there are some, and I no, no. we don't want to, we don't want to like, don't make it mad today. Like things are going well. Let's deal with that next year or next month or next quarter. It's like, no, deal with things now. Uh, bring those, because again, they're a really small crack. And it may not seem like a big deal, but the more you ignore it, the more you ignore it, that the wider that crack gets and it just fractures and fractures and fractures. And then when that real stress hits, it's too late and you're broken and you you can't, you can't go back. You can't course correct. And so to be able to, I think the the teams who are consistently performing and consistently winning are consistently challenging each other. Hmm. Are we still, are we still operating at our best? Are we still living the standard? Are we innovating? Are we dreaming? Are we, are we, are we? you know, doing things that great teams do, or are we just relying on what we used to do?
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, To put it into a sports analogy for any football fans out there, it makes me think of, you know, the, the, I imagine just excruciating decision for the Green Bay Packers to cut Brett Favre. Right. Mm, And, and, but if they didn't do that, they never elevate Aaron Rodgers, who turns out to be one of the very best players of all time. Yeah. Uh, But Brett Favre, you know, like,
1: And that's the thing. Leaders have to, and and this is so hard. Like leaders have to make really hard, often unpopular decisions. Yeah, It's like, and you just gotta be, you gotta be okay with that. It's like, if you, and and this doesn't mean you're always right. Like, of course you'll get stuff wrong. And, And when you do, you own it, like mess that one up. Like thought, thought, thought it was the right decision. Thought it was the right direction. It wasn't, I was wrong. So, so own that. But more often than not, it's like, you just have to be consistent with the values and the visions. Like put your head on the pillow at night, feel like you did the best thing that Mm. you knew to do. And, and if you can do that, you'll be all right. Cause you can't, there's a lot of noise out there. And the best way to lose is to listen to outsiders. And now that doesn't Mm. mean don't have people advising you don't have people like speaking into your life, but the crowd is the crowd for a reason, Mm. (laughs) right? They're not in the arena. They're not inside (laughs) your walls. It's like you, to play to pop, to popular opinion, to try to get that validation is a losing battle every single
0: time. Yeah. Gosh. Well, you know, I, I feel like this conversation could go on for a long time. And so I'm definitely going to ask to have you back for a, <laughs> another round, but tell us a little bit more about culture wins and what you get to do with that. Uh, just so people can learn a little bit more about it.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we, we can, we, it's part of, part of giant and Jeremy Kubichek and I have, have kind of rebuilt, kind of reframed a lot of the giant tools for the sports world. So for athletes, for coaches, for administrators at every level, um, and really it's trying to simplify a lot of the giant stuff, like, cause coaches, you know, as, for as busy as, as other leaders are, the sports world leaders are just so, so busy. Um, and so can we, can we cut stuff down without losing impact? Um, but ultimately we're trying to help coaches and leaders and student athletes, um, become more self-aware, become better teammates because the sports part of what they do, I'm not trying to dismiss it, but that's the easy part of what they do. Just like for any of us, right? Mm -hmm. The business part of what we do, if you're a teacher, if you're a doctor or if you're an engineer, like, you know, your craft, you can always learn, you can always get better. That's the easy part of what you do. The people part, the self-awareness part, the leadership part, the culture part, like that's the, that's the, the secret sauce and that's the more difficult thing. And so we're trying to create frameworks and systems for them to be, um, to be leaders at last. And so part of that, we're rebuilding, you know, there's the giant platform. We're rebuilding culture wins TV um, mm-hmm. for, for athletes. And so re- redoing a lot of the programming for that, for that world. Um, and even, you know, so this is kind of going a different direction, but in the college sports space, it's about to shift significantly where student athletes are about to get paid not by schools, uh, but they, they're gonna be able to be paid to go speak, at their, at their old high school um, to do mm. a commercial for, for social media influence stuff. And so we're building out our platform, partially to develop leaders, but partially for that stuff as well, kind of the old yeah. old school world wow. of mine of social media stuff, but bringing in financial literacy, bringing in uh, mental health stuff, all for student athletes to have. And again, with, with five voices, with five gears, communication code, all of our tools, yeah. all at the palm of their hands. 24, seven, 365.
0: Mm. Man, that's good. So let's just walk through a scenario here. Let's say I've got a local guy who is the regional leader for FCA in mm-hmm. the area. Yep. Uh, what, what would you, uh, put him onto? Like, what would it look like for him to interact with culture wins? Yeah.
1: Um, could be a number of things could be, you know, could be me speaking with his group several times, one time, could be he wants to get the players on the platform where they're getting leadership development, where they're getting all this other kind of holistic, not just leadership, but just kind of life skills development. Um, he could use the giant platform. He could use this platform. We're gonna build out some some coaching stuff as well um, for for athletic coaches, not certified coaches, but but athletic sports coaches to invest in themselves. So it's it's kind of similar to Giant in that there's it depends on <clears throat> on their. I guess you want to say their level of investment, right? Could be just platform, could be just me, could be me and the platform, mm-hmm. um, depending on, on their needs and, and, and what they have available. Um, but the idea is we want to make it want to make it where money's not an issue. because um, mm-hmm. part of the part of that sports world is that um, the biggest sports programs get the stuff um, and specifically the football teams at the mm-hmm. biggest sports programs get the stuff. We're like no 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 we want this for everyone. We want it for your second string track athlete. I don't know if there is second string in track, but yeah, you know, like we want everyone, every student athlete has the potential to be a leader worth following. So we want every single athlete to have this and, and we'll start put in some programming for the high school world too. What we have now would still work. Um, but if we can start in high school, like that's how we actually completely change,
0: yeah. change the game. Absolutely. Well, uh, Kevin, man, it's been great chatting with you about this. This is all really, really interesting. And there's so many kind of nuggets that we've talked about, just different things that I'm sure people listening will have multiple takeaways from this. Uh, if somebody wants to connect with you or, or check out Culture Wins, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah, I am. If you're on social media, I'm whatever platform, it's just at Kevin DeShazo. Uh, my website is DeShazo.me and then Culture Wins is culturewinds.co.
0: Awesome. Well, Kevin DeShazo, Culture Wins, Giant Worldwide. Thanks again for, for coming on and being a guest here. I've enjoyed it. Absolutely, man. Had a blast. Thanks for listening today to the Invincible Teams podcast. Please consider giving us a rating and a review on whatever podcast platform you are currently using. If you think today's content might be useful for someone you know, please consider sharing it with them. Just a reminder that the Invincible Teams podcast is brought to you by Evergreen. Evergreen provides teamwork, training, and consulting to help you eliminate office drama and turnover and help you get the most out of your team. Thanks again for listening. And like we always say, we believe that every team should reach their potential and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. See you next time.